0: The pre Year Years, session number 189. Hello, and welcome to the two-time Academy Award-dominated podcast, The pre Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, as this is going out on July 6th, 2016, this evening, as this is going out, I will be at the second annual Academy of Podcasters award ceremony in Chicago with the hopes of taking home a trophy, an award for being the top, podcast in the science and medicine category and then i can stop calling myself an award nominated podcast and i can call myself an award winning podcast so there's nothing for you to do to vote or anything just send some well wishes to me i am hoping to facebook live this event i'll be there again this is july 6th in the evening i think it's at 6 p.m central time So I'll be on Facebook Live in the Hangout, which you can go get at medicalschoolhq.net slash group and ask to be part of that group. And uh, I'll Facebook Live that awards ceremony at the Science and Medicine category. So hopefully you'll see me win. And if I don't win, then you'll see me be a poor loser. I mean, a a very good uh, uh, participant. (laughs) Anyway. Um, this episode is an interesting one. We're going to talk to Jake. Now, you may remember Jake from episode 100 when I reached out to you guys and asked that you submit some stories about your pre-med journeys. And Jake was one of those stories that I shared here on the podcast. And he is finishing up or has finished up with his first year of medical school. So we're going to talk about his journey and what he's learned during his first year. So let's go ahead and say hi to Jake. Jake, welcome to the pre-med year. Thanks for joining
1: me. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. Oh, Ryan, please. Ryan.
0: Ryan. <laughs> Jake, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your initial interests in being a physician?
1: So my journey into medicine started off, um, you know, it was like every, every young kid who loves dogs, um, I was really into veterinary medicine. And then uh, about seventh grade, we my mom is a breast cancer survivor of two times, and so around that time, she was undergoing her first treatment. And at that moment, I realized that while medicine and the way that the body worked was really interesting to me, I wanted that human-to-human connection. And so um, I started focusing from veterinary medicine into human medicine. Uh, throughout my studies in high school, got more interested in science um, and started shadowing some of the physicians around my area. And then in college, I did a degree in public health, and I studied a lot of the biopsychosocial aspects of disease, which really honed me into learning more about health disparities and why some people got sicker than others and got sick more often. So all of that and these experiences came together to lead me into an AmeriCorps service year, where I worked and managing a clinic for young people here in Pittsburgh who um, often identified as LGBT and who were experiencing homelessness or housing crisis. And so those two years of my life, I really worked in the healthcare field to serve those uh, who didn't have access to healthcare otherwise. And now here I am and just finished my first year at uh, medical school.
0: That's awesome. So it's interesting. We've had a couple of people recently talk about their AmeriCorps experiences. What what led you to learning about doing an AmeriCorps year and and what was that that impetus to to go for it?
1: so um, I originally actually was going into research into a public health research position. Um, I had worked with a physician here for a few of my summers and winter breaks. and it turns out that she was applying for this new AmeriCorps program uh, that allowed young people like myself to you know step into the public health world and offer their service for an entire year. Um, I not only did one year, I did two. So I racked up about 3,700 hours of community service with AmeriCorps and uh, served uh, all the people here as best as I could. So I was really managing two programs at once. One was working with young people with disabilities and helping them to have a voice in their transition from pediatric to adult care. Because as you know, uh, young people with disabilities have a lot of Different practitioners that they may see. And so that transition means that there's a lot of moving parts to get them into a primary care doctor and then all their adult specialists as well. And then the second part, like I said, was working with the uh, young homeless individuals, uh, people experiencing homelessness who were ages anywhere from 13 to 26 is really what we worked with. Um, It all started off kind of with my boss saying, Hey, check this thing out. And then I just dove right in. Um, I've always had a a pension to serve my community and i've always loved um helping others and so this was you know kind of a nice bridge into my uh medical school years good way to spend my two i don't want to say gap years bridge years sure. years off is years off is the worst uh saying because i didn't take any time off i was really out there yeah um doing what i could so why not
0: apply to medical school right away why go do these gap years
1: Ah, um, I did try to apply to medical school right away, but I wasn't ready to take the MCAT, but I took it anyway, Um, learned my lesson there. And so I realized that at that point, um, I needed to take some time to step back and really evaluate if medicine was what I wanted to do again. Um, And I did realize that, of course, it was. But AmeriCorps was that first year that allowed me to actually delve myself into the practice of medicine and understand yes, this is for me, now here's my motivation again to retry, to restudy. And not only that, I wasn't in school anymore, and so it did give me that opportunity to have a full-time position during the day and then have the night uh, to actually focus on studying without worrying about grades for classes.
0: What What was it about the first time that you took the MCAT that made you not prepared?
1: Um, I, was, <laughs> uh, I did everything that you tell people not to do, <laughs> <laughs> which is... Uh, which is kind of how I stumbled upon your podcast in the first place. I think I started listening my senior – it was my senior year when I started um, studying for my MCAT. So I took a semester abroad, unlike a lot of pre-meds who don't have that opportunity. My university allowed me to take a semester uh, abroad. I did six months in Chile, and that was the fall of my senior year. And so I thought, okay, I got a lot of my prerequisites out of the way. I'm finishing up school really soon. Like, I can do this. And so I came back from Chile for my last semester of college, and um, everything just hit me. I was taking 18 credits. It was not the pace of life in school down in South America. It was back to you know the rigors of American lifestyle and university here. So um, everything kind of came crashing down at once, and then in addition to that, I was studying for the MCAT and thinking about graduating and you know reconnecting with friends and trying to enjoy my last semester all at once. Just really didn't work together.
0: <laughs> and trying to apply to medical school. And, well,
1: and putting together applications and asking yes. for your committee letter. You know how that all goes. Yeah.
0: So did, did you actually yeah. end up applying or did you, when you got your MCAT score, did you not apply?
1: No, I, I waited for my score. Um, what I did was I scheduled my MCAT so that I would have my score right around the time that I should have been applying. So I could just click the submit button. And I realized when I saw my score that I wasn't ready and that wasn't the score that I wanted. And I really needed to put my best foot forward on my first attempt to, to apply.
0: Okay. Did you take a any sort of prep course the first I did. time?
1: Yeah. So I took an in-person Kaplan course. So again, coming back from South America into American life with 18 credits of real school work plus a three-hour long Kaplan course two times a week, It just didn't work. Um, The great news is that I was able to do the, I think it's called the money-back guarantee that they give Mm -hmm. you. And so when I was doing my AmeriCorps year, I was able to use Kaplan again as a resource. And that time I did the online courses, so I didn't have to go uh, in person.
0: Okay, interesting. All right, so what was it the the second time around? You said you're doing this AmeriCorps uh, work during the day. You come back and study at night. What was it from a mind shift change or, or what else was it that made you be successful the second time around?
1: So number one, it was definitely that motivation coming home and every day and saying, okay, I know what I want to do. And I just left this, I don't want to say dream job because AmeriCorps is not a job. Um, this place, I was at children's hospital, um, one of the best children's hospitals in the country. And, uh, I would come home and say, my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be just like my, um, my boss here who, is the most compassionate human being, and you know all the amazing things that we got done today together as a team. Um, I want to have that for the rest of my life. So that was one of them. And then it also helped that my two roommates were also studying for the MCAT or currently in process of applying. Um, so they were there to offer some support. And that's something that I really will stress on when we talk about first year of med school is having that social support uh, and understanding among peers and friends and family for the things that you're, you know, going through.
0: Awesome. When you were taking these two gap years, doing the AmeriCorps um, work that you were doing, at any point in there, did you second guess going to medical school and, and just think, wow, this is this is nice being out of school and actually working and not studying
1: during the AmeriCorps years? Absolutely not. Uh, I was so pumped to get into med school, and I was like, yes, this is it. I am ready to go. Uh, but honestly, i got to tell you, this year in med school, I thought, oh, what would I do, what I would do right now for my $12,000 stipend per year and just having a 9-to-5 and not having to worry about studying my entire life away.
0: That, that uh, sounds, sounds like a, a reasonable <laughs> response to the first right. year of med school.
1: During the year, um, during my AmeriCorps years, I, I really did enjoy it. It was a lot of work, and there was definitely stress. Um, and I must say, working with especially young people, um, in addition, you add on top of that, that a lot of them are staying outside on the street. During the winter, I had a really difficult time not wanting to take them home with me and not wanting to just keep working until I knew that they had somewhere safe to be.
0: Okay. All but right. Other,
1: but ahead. otherwise, for medical school, no.
0: Yeah. Going into your first year of medical school, yes. what were you expecting?
1: I'd always heard the drinking out of a fire hydrant phrase that everyone uses with medical school, but I never truly understood what that meant until I looked at my you know, first schedule. And they said, oh, we're going to ease you in really nicely. And so they gave us a half a day of orientation. And then the other half of the day, they started us slowly on lectures and really, in that first week, the, the lectures were already very difficult to even grasp, and I had no idea where to even start on studying and learning and figuring out what was happening. Um, the one thing I must say is I, I had wished that there had been some sort of introduction. At my medical school, um, we start off with, I think it's 12 weeks of anatomy. So it's exclusively anatomy and embryology for the first 12 weeks which is lecture all day plus lab in the afternoon in the cadaver lab. And so not knowing the basic terminology for anatomy was definitely uh, a big downfall of mine.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I, 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 took, I took medical terminology in college, so I think that probably helped a lot.
1: Well, I, don't, I didn't say it this time um, in this interview, but in 100 I think I talked about it a little bit. I don't have a degree in science. I have a bachelor's of public health. Yeah. And so I didn't have, you know, the gross anatomy. I wasn't able to take that because I wasn't a biomedical engineer, um, which is how my school ran it at that time. So not having any sort of background in, I just had the basic pre-med courses, not having any background in anatomy or how to describe things was difficult.
0: Having gone through your first year now, do you think that hurt you?
1: Uh, It hurt my GPA. (laughs) In med school? Yes. Yeah. We have grades
0: okay
1: yes we have grades in Um, anatomy is a nine credit course for 12 weeks so when you think about the way that things are we had 28 credits in the fall and 30 credits in the spring all right so busy so did yeah busy but drinking (laughs) out of the fire hydrant you you know you start to have that realization that you a full semester in college was 16 to 18 ish credits and now we're doing pretty much double that
0: yeah yeah that's uh med school's hard no one said it was easy
1: no, nobody said it was easy. It is totally worth it, and I crave for that learning now every day. Yeah. So you you start
0: off medical school, and you're you're taking anatomy, you're taking embryology, these classes that you really have no background information in. How did you survive?
1: Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to surviving uh, medical school, and many people do it different ways. In my school, we have different pathways that you can choose. But I'm uh, in the lecture traditional pathway where I sit in a lecture and then I go to anatomy lab. Um, And so that was really difficult because I'm a visual learner. And so what I mean by that is um, I don't learn well by looking at a PowerPoint of things. I need to integrate material and relate it back to what I've seen and what I know and what I've read. And so anatomy was great towards the end once I realized what I needed to do. Um, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, Biggest obstacles that I had to overcome is that I needed to relearn how to learn after not being in school for those two years with Americorps. I knew how to be a person, but I had forgotten how to learn and how to actually push myself to try new things so that I could be successful.
0: I've I've talked about that a lot on this podcast with my Mm -hmm. own experience of taking a couple years off, uh, three years off between undergrad and medical school, and forgetting how to be a student. I think it's a, a really big issue.
1: It it definitely was, and so to answer your question, towards the uh, I think it was about my second anatomy exam. We had three big exams that are about three weeks. I think they're three or four weeks apart. If it's twelve weeks, that makes sense. Um, I finally realized that in order for me to succeed, I needed to preview the lecture. I needed to read the material in the book before I went, sit through the lecture, and then look at that material right before I went to laboratory. And then once I got to the cadaver lab, I was able to say, okay. I know this from the lecture. I know this from my reading. Here it is on a real body. Here it is on my cadaver, and I can touch it, and I can you know, look at all the nerves and all the vasculature that's supplying, for example, this organ. And so that was, for me, what really did it and allowed me to learn anatomy better. I had to figure that out first, and it took way too much time. But once I got that down, it really uh, clicked a whole lot better.
0: You know, it's funny. Last week's episode was with Dr. Sandra McGuire. And that's exactly what we talked about is, is how to be a better student and how to learn better. And that's one of the keys that she talked about was reading material before you go to lecture. And then as soon as you're done with lecture, go and take notes and kind of get it processed so that it's in your long-term memory instead of your short-term memory. So it's interesting that you figured that, you figured that out on your own.
1: Yeah, I wish I'd figured it out earlier and had listened to the podcast. And I must admit, I was driving home from school last week. I was up in Erie and doing a program for high school. I was teaching them about careers in medicine. And I said, I have to listen to uh, Medical School HQ on my way home. And it, uh, the podcast didn't download before I left, so must have missed that one.
0: Bummer. That's okay. Bummer. <laughs> You're forgiven. All right, so you you are are now done with first year of medical school.
1: Thankfully. What what, what was the hardest
0: part? <laughs>
1: um, there were a lot of obstacles this year that kind of put themselves up in front of me, a lot of things happening with family, a lot of personal things happening. Um, and I you know, I'm not shy to talk about them, and I think it's really important that uh, you know, all of the people going to medical school have their ducks in a row, so to say, when it comes to the things that you can control, because the number of just dis- the fewer fewest number of distractions possible is the best case scenario for succeeding in school. When your mind is on school, that's how you're going to do the best. How do you ensure that though? Because
0: life happens.
1: So Right, so life happens. So some things you can't foresee, um, but just little things, making sure that, you know, um, what really works is if you know you're a family person and you need to talk to your family on a daily basis and you've always spent, you know, dinner time with them talking about your day, set a time to do that say hey i'm going to drive home at school you know from school at this specific time i'll give you a call mom so that you can have that time to talk to family and friends and then keep things in a line as best as possible so that there are really no surprises um, a- as for the unknowns i mean sadly we've had a lot happen this year um, and you know i was very worried about having to leave for the semester because of you know family health issues um and those things you can't control and I got to say, I'll just come back to that support system and your friends and everyone at school. You need to have that great support network. And I think my support network at school, of friends and going to my administrators and professors and really just talking to them about what was happening and some of the options that I had um, and to allow them to know that I'm, I'm here and I'm trying to do my best and I want to succeed, but there are these outside things happening. You know, everything kind of came together where I had that support network to push me through and help me study and keep me focused. And really accommodate it if I needed it.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Going into school, not really being a, a quote-unquote true pre-med as a public health mm-hmm. major, you weren't surrounded by the the other cutthroat students.
1: What had <laughs> a little bit of that.
0: What were you <laughs> expecting from other medical students and what did it really turn out to be?
1: That is a great question. Um, I expected it to be all of the cutthroat, quote, gunners um, of undergrad in my medical school class, and I wasn't expecting it to be so collaborative. Um, I I think part of that does have to do with me choosing my school, so I wrote a little section down on my own notes about making sure you choose the right school. And so, um, can I say the name of my school? Yeah. Okay, so LeeCom for me was the place where I felt most welcomed and I felt most part of the community. The people I were interviewing with and the students who I met, they were like me. They had taken some time to understand what they needed in life, and they have some life experiences that were similar to mine, doing AmeriCorps, serving their community, um, you know, not just straight out of college. And so when I was thinking about where to go, that really appealed to me, and I made sure that I went to a place that I would make sure that I would have friends and that support system and people who are like-minded because sometimes, you know, you have to really rely on friends to help you through those hard times and to study. If you don't have a good study group, if you're a group studier, which I didn't think I was, some of those concepts that come difficult to you are just made way easier with that study group.
0: Talk about the, you had said you just kind of felt at home and you, you felt like these other students and were were the same as you I were did. you on other interviews where you didn't get those vibes?
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. What did, absolutely. That, what did that
0: feel like? What, what kind of questions were you asking? Just what was your general reaction?
1: Um, so I remember my Lecom interview was my first interview, and so that was for me, um, that's the one where I asked, I remember all the questions, um, but I had the connections, So I wanted to make sure that I had the same connections with, the students there. So what do you do for fun? Um, tell me about your classes. Please be honest about how long you're in class, how much outside study work you do. What do you do on the weekends for fun? Do you have fun on the weekends? Um, tell me about your study groups and tell me about what LeeCom does to ensure that you as a class are being healthy, both physically and mentally, and that they're supporting you. How do your professors support you? And uh, are the faculty open to suggestions on things that, you know, might not be working out so well for the class?
0: Those are all good questions.
1: Yeah, lots of stuff.
0: Yeah. And so the interviews <coughs> that you were on where you didn't get the warm, fuzzy feeling, what, what were those reactions like? What were those students like?
1: So the students themselves at the one interview that I knew I would not Fit in at all with the student body. I had a friend who was showing me around, um, and that was great to have someone there to actually tell me the true story. Um, it was one of those admission days where they where they put on the put on the whole show for everyone. And then after lunch, I realized that talking to the students, I, I didn't go to the students who were actually hired by admissions to talk about the school. I finished my lunch and I went and I talked to students who were sitting there and having lunch themselves during their break. And so that was really, really key in understanding the entire culture of the school. Um, the warm, fuzzy feeling was definitely not there. And the words that I heard from most of them were, this was the only school I got into.
0: Yeah, which is common. <laughs> most which, students only get into one school. Which is common. Yeah,
1: um, I'm very thankful for, for a few acceptances, but that was, that was a red flag in that no one seemed happy and no one seemed to be really enjoying themselves and they said you know this is where i got in and this is how it really is here
0: interesting yeah. knowing knowing what you know now after going through those interviews talking to those students mm-hmm. how could you have done a better job in picking the schools that you
1: applied to oh my gosh put me on the spot here i i'm not sure if i could have you know honestly Knowing the student, I think part of the interview day is learning about the school, but also interacting with all the student body. And you don't have that ability whenever you're looking at, what's it called, uh, AMSAR?
0: The AMSAR, yeah.
1: Yeah, the AMSAR, and the one for osteopathic schools. When you're looking at that booklet of numbers and the school mission, you really don't have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say our favorite website that will remain unnamed (laughs) of a bunch of forums has a lot of neurotic people on it and you hear the worst, especially about, I I'm sure you know this. Um, my school does not have a great reputation among medical students and medical applicants because there are rules yep. to this school and they are pretty strict about their rules. Um, I must say my experience has not been anywhere close to what everyone blows it out of proportion to be on this unnamed website, but in applying, I, I don't know if you can look at demographics and data and say, okay, I would be a better fit at this school. Um, The one thing that I really did focus on, though, where I applied was um, the uh, number of community. So for me, community health and uh, community service opportunities are really a big part of my medical school uh, experience. And I wanted somewhere that allowed you to do that. So I looked at clubs uh, that allowed you to get community service. And then I also looked at the mission of the school. What does it say? You know, what does the school think its mission is, and do you align with that mission? Is their mission to teach, or is their mission to teach you and be a part of the community? Mm -hmm. So, as far as applying, that's all I have.
0: Did you go on any campus tours before you applied?
1: No, I didn't know that was an option.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it's definitely an option. So, if you're listening to this and you live near a medical school, go go take a tour. They're they're always welcoming students to come
1: visit. Now that you mention, I, I was getting my visa to go abroad in Chile. Uh, I was in Philadelphia, and I walked right past Jefferson Medical School, and so I stopped in for a quick second, said hello, and grabbed some flyers, but that's all that I did.
0: All right. That's great. Um, what what would you recommend to a, a pre-med student who is is trying to figure out where they want to go, and knowing the reactions that you had, that those feelings that you had at LeCom versus the other schools, mm-hmm. what what would you recommend to them at this point?
1: So when it came for it came time for me to pick schools, I of course was looking geography and caliber of the program, um, you know, and the other some other things that I found very important for me. Um, I had to make a list of what I wanted in a school and then I had to whittle that down and say, okay, these are things that are very important to me. And so these qualities are not quite as important. So when I was choosing to apply, I wasn't quite as picky. And then whenever you have, you know, the interviews pop up and you say, oh my gosh, I have this interview. I need to look into the school more. You start to realize that there um, are some really great things about the school. And then there's some things that you didn't realize that uh, were part of the curriculum or that were part of the culture there. Um, But so I'm going to talk about I don't, if it's okay with you, my experience of choosing between the schools I was accepted to, yeah. that process there. So for me, um, again, I wanted students like me, so non-traditional in that sense of the word, um, you know, the light sense of me being non-traditional. But I wanted a school that allowed me to have the freedom to learn in a variety of ways, in the manner I felt best for me. So that initially meant not having mandatory classes and then having the ability um, to use a note-taking service or have the lectures be recorded and posted so that I could rewatch if I missed some important points. Um, Dress code wasn't an issue for me. Um, I was very much looking into price of the school and average indebtedness of the graduates location and cost of living being close to home um, was important to me. Close meaning within driving distance. So five, six hours, If I needed to go home for the weekend. I had the ability. Um, My roommate who was applying to school, while I was taking my MCAT and studying, um, he talked a lot about how he wanted a school that had Friday exams so that the weekends were theirs to de-stress and relax and just do what they needed to do. So I found that, you know, to be a very good, um, <clears throat> to be a very good thing about a school, and I really was looking for something like that. But of course, you're going to have exams all the time. Yeah. And then uh, GPA for grades versus pass fail. Uh, I thought that that was you know pretty important. Ultimately, I <laughs> I ended up in a school that has a GPA and has a dress code and has a mandatory attendance. Um, because for me, it was it was the best of all of my options. Because it had a pretty low tuition, a second lowest, I'm pretty sure the second lowest average indebtedness of graduates. And the most important thing is that you know I'm there to learn and become a physician, and so. The low tuition is great, but their first time pass rates on first, um, we call it uh, level one and level two Mm -hmm. um, in Complex, those first time pass rates were in the mid to upper 90s. And so I knew that that was a place that would allow me to succeed and become a physician, which is ultimately the reason I'm here. I'm not here to have fun, you know, and, you know, look for a social committee and uh, do all the things that I did in college. <laughs> this is medical school so I took the I took the good with the bad and I weighed my pros and cons and I said you know what this is the best option for me to achieve my goals and so I had to compromise I had to give up some of those things that I thought I really wanted in a school
0: okay what was the best thing about first year
1: just the excitement of seeing <laughs> not to be corny I watch a lot of house um, <laughs> I think house is really interesting and after Uh, first year watching house again is just mind blowing because I say, Oh, I think I know that. Um, (laughs) But it's just the excitement of sitting in uh, a lecture and learning about a specific disease or organ system. And then being able to go and uh, relate it clinically to something that's happening. So whether that's in one of your clinical cases, if that's in history and physical practice, um, practice practical with a standardized patient, it's being able to relate all this knowledge together and say hey i actually learned something and this is exactly what i wanted to do is that problem solving and helping others all at the same time
0: okay that makes sense
1: it's was first year you know awful in many ways absolutely it was it was also amazing in many ways and so i know for a fact that i'm where i'm supposed to be um you know and you've already figured out where you're supposed to be in the class and your friends and You're starting to hone in on those interests, despite sitting in lecture all day. You know, I can say at this point, I definitely don't want to be an orthopedic surgeon (laughs) (laughs) at all. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, Jake, as we wrap up, now having gone through your first year, having had to retake the MCAT and take some time off in between your undergrad and starting med school, What do you say to the pre-med that's out there struggling with their MCAT studying right now and trying to figure it all out?
1: I think my advice to anyone who is struggling and saying, you know, I might not be able to do this, is um, to take a step back and to look at all of your options and to say to yourself, um, you know, give yourself the the due diligence of learning about all of the health careers that might be interesting to you and say, okay, I'm going to rule these out. I'm going to say medicine is definitely for me because of all of these experiences. The MCAT is a, is a beast. It really is. Um, and I had to take it twice in order to get where I am today. And so I needed that time of reflection. And I needed that time to, to say, yes, this is what I want to do again and have those experiences to motivate me, not only to study harder, but to make sure that everything was um, as high quality as it could be for my application.
0: All right, again, that was Jake, a first-year medical student, now on his way to second year at Lecom. If you want to go back and hear his original information that he shared in Session 100, you can do that at medicalschoolhq.net slash 100. If you would like to leave a rating interview for us here at The Pre-Med Years, you can do so over at medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. And if you don't want to leave a rating interview that is fine too you can help us share the knowledge that we provide here by telling your classmates your friends your advisors your teachers anybody that you interact with on your pre-med journey if you would let them know about the pre-med years podcast i would greatly appreciate it well i hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today And as always, I hope you join us next week here at the Medical School Headquarters and the Pre-Mid Years Podcast.